from the Cyber Hub Bunker and Studio. You're tuning in to the Cyber Hub Podcast. And now for your host and CISO, James Azar. Good morning, security gang. Welcome from our nation's capital, and thank you for tuning in. I'm, again, pre-recording this morning's show um, a few hours earlier than the broadcast, uh, and, and that's simply due to my travel schedule here and and this, the, the, everything I've got going on today and tomorrow. So just to be uh, uh, absolutely 100% transparent, thank you so much for tuning into the program. We've got a packed show today, including the war on spyware vendors. All of a sudden, hits accelerate. So a very interesting shift going on uh on a tuesday uh but 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 monday kind of kicked off with with uh, a a coordinated media attack against uh, a slew of spyware vendors and you gotta ask yourself why we're gonna review those stories on the show including many additional vulnerabilities and avanti just cannot seem to get out the headlines even if they try so all that and more on this morning's show now being that i'm traveling i do have my travel espresso mug here's the thing Espresso at the hotel I'm at, just below all expectations. So I went to my next safe choice, many have recommended over the years, Celsius. That's right, Celsius. Join me for a coffee cup cheers this morning, y'all, with my Celsius and whatever warm or cold beverage of your choosing as coffee cup cheers, y'all. Something about a cold drink in the morning feels either yes or no, like just depends. It's so weird. I don't know. Anyways, go check out our Substack. A lot there, jamesasr.substack.com. Hewlett Packard Enterprises are now investigating another data breach after a attack group had posted that they have stolen data, including uh, Hewlett Packard credentials and other sensitive information. The company said they found no evidence of a security breach and no ransom has been requested. It's currently investigating the threat actor's claims. Adam R. Bauer, who's the director of global communications for Hewlett-Packard, said they're aware of the claims and are investigating their veracity. At this time, they found no evidence of an intrusion, nor any impact any products or services the company has. Intel broker, the threat actor that alleged, uh, alleged HPE data, shared screenshots of some of the supposedly stolen HPE credentials, but they've yet to disclose the source of the information or how they obtained that, them as well. In the post on the hacking forum, they said they're selling data they have taken from Hewlett Packard Enterprises. More specifically, the data includes CI/CD access system logs, config files, access tokens, HP Store Once files, and access passwords. Email services are also included. You can see a screenshot here from the team behind the bleeping computer that's sharing that. Now, Hewlett Packard has been in the news predominantly because shortly after Microsoft reported last month that the Russian Foreign Intelligence Services had accessed their executive email, essentially Hewlett Packard said the same happened, although the Hewlett Packard breach was much, much longer, meaning they were in the Hewlett Packard system for nearly six or seven months, all in all. So there's that aspect of it as well so could this be leaked data from there could it be a potential broker along the way the the thing about the kill chain and and the thing about a lot of these breaches is there's different threat actors to get to the eventual goal goal right and so the original thought of the kill chain was all right these are all the things the threat actor who's going to launch an attack is going to do but that's just not 
the case in 2024 anymore, right? We see threat actors, we see kind of ransomware as a service and uh, uh, credentials as a service and, and, and persistence as a service in that world. And so all of those play uh, a part in what's happening there. So Hewlett Packer continues to investigate that. The state of Pennsylvania's court system was knocked offline, including the bail payment site, uh, due to a denial of service attack. This is according to Chief Justice Deborah Todd. Portions of the Pennsylvania court websites are currently down due to the attack, and Todd said that both the FBI and CISA are involved in the recovery effort. There's no indication of any court data being compromised. The court remains open and accessible to the public, although the online services are disrupted. The system used for court payments, including fines, restitutions, bails, and registration, has been taken offline as part of the DDoS attack. Law enforcement agencies in the state are still able to use the website containing information on warrants and criminal complaints. Again, the segmentation of different systems due to the access is probably a reason why one system is impacted and another isn't in these cases. Again, you know, one of the key things as a security practitioner when you're working with your CIO and with your IT team and with infrastructure is the idea of segmenting different parts of the business. And you do that specifically so in cases like this, you may have a disruption in one part, but you still leave other parts of the business up and running and it gives you time to recover. Additionally, your recovery plan should be based on every system separately, meaning you shouldn't have just one recovery plan. You should have a different recovery plan for every system based on its use case and based on its criticality to the business. And so different applications, different parts of the network can have different kind of ways to recover. Some you would just scratch, pull up your pre-prod environment that should be on a segmented network, get that back up and running as soon as you possibly can, start restoring data from the latest backup, move on type of deal. Um, and some are not that simple. And a lot of times the reason it's not that simple is because you want to investigate the source of the attack and you want to understand what the target is. So you kind of let it continue. Um, so there's that as well. This isn't the first attack on a judicial uh, in, in, in entity in the U.S. There's been some uh, that uh, have also had attacks as well. So all in all, um, we'll see how the Pennsylvania court system recovers from this. Eric Goldstein, the executive assistant director of CISA, confirmed to recorded feature news that they're working with the Pennsylvania courts and they stand ready to provide all in any additional assistance needed there as well. Now let's get into this war on spyware vendors that's just magically appeared. Magically appeared. So Google kind of kicked this off, saying more than 60 of the Apple, Adobe, Google, Microsoft, and Mozilla zero-day vulnerabilities that have come to light since at least 2016 have been attributed to commercial spyware vendors. This is a report that was published this morning. The Tech Giants report provides insights into the operation of companies that help governments install spyware on devices. And while these commercial spyware vendors claim that their products and services are only for law for surveillance, typically for law enforcement purposes, numerous investigations have shown that oppressive regimes are using, are using them to target political opponents, journalists, descendants, and human right defenders. Now, commercial spyware vendors are prepared to pay millions of dollars for exploits that could give them full control of devices particularly phones running Android and iOS. They earn millions from specific customers. In the latest report, Google names 11 of these vendors, including Kandaroo, Cypher Gate, 
DCIRF, and Telexa, Neg, and SO Group, who's been in the news significantly. Parse Defense, Quadream, RCS Lab, Veristone, and Wintengo Systems. The company attributes that more than 60 of the unique Android, Chrome, iOS, macOS, WhatsApp, and Firefox vulnerabilities discovered were due to these companies. The list doesn't include a known end-day security flaw that spyware vendors have been observing exploiting as well. Of the 25 exploited vulnerabilities that they discovered in 2023, 20 were used by spyware vendors. Moreover, such firms are behind 35 of the 72 zero days exploited against Google products since at least 2014. When Google and Apple patch zero-day vulnerabilities, their advisories inform customers about active exploitations. They don't provide any information on the attacks or the attackers themselves. So there's a whole bunch of these. And you see some of these companies are Spanish, like Veristone. Uh, Parse Defense is uh, linked to a Turkish-based uh, organization. Um, several CVs have been attributed to Intelexa, um, and then some to NSO Group. Um, as well as Kandaru, who's also Israel-based, and then Cyphergate, who's Italian. All in all, you see kind of all of these companies all over the globe, which has led the Britain and France to host 35 other nations along business and technology firm leaders at an inaugural conference in London to tackle the whole hackers for hire market for cyber attack tools. This includes representations from Apple, British Aerospace Systems, Google, Microsoft are all due to attend the two-day event in the UK. The conference will discuss ways of addressing the commercial market for cyber snooping and attack tools, as well as the threat they pose to international security, human rights, and the stability of cyberspace. This is almost like a wolf saying, we got to talk about our problem with, with eating sheep. Let's get a bunch of sheep in a room and talk to them about the problem we have eating them and see what comes out of it. You're consumers of spyware. You literally have spy agencies that use these tools. So, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, like this whole idea, hackers for hires that are carrying out corporate espionage or services. Here's the problem, UK, France, and 35 other countries that are attending. If you want to talk about spyware, your feckless diplomacy towards China, Iran, Russia, and North Korea is duly noted and the greater threat to all of us practitioners is not spyware it really isn't we're not worried about spyware we're worried about ransomware we're worried about our jobs we're worried about our our our, our uh, economic advantage in the marketplace and our ip being protected so instead of having a two-day conference to talk about hackers for hire and spyware I recommend we talk about ransomware. We talk about these nation states that are orchestrating attacks on our critical infrastructure and some of our nation's most pristine organizations in order to gain data and insight uh, into our national security and IP. I don't know. That seems like a better conference. Like, let's spend two days talking about how the Russians got into Microsoft, HP, and a whole bunch of others, and we're reading their emails. I don't know. Sounds like a good idea. Or, you know, we'll get to that later if the Philippines have a great story to do with that. For their end, the State Department, which is hyper-focused on solving the conflict in Russia and the Ukraine, and then making sure that the 136 hostages that are being held by the terrorist organization Hamas in Gaza are freed. There's several uh, Americans in that group of hostages that are there that have been there now for 122 days being held underground in tunnels 
by a terror organization. You would think that spend their energy on that, but I'm sorry. Nope, nope, nope. There's something really, really important. We're going to deny visas for individuals who seek to travel to the United States and have been implicated in the misuse of commercial spyware. Folks, the State Department is focused on making sure that spyware people don't come into the country. Another win for Anthony Blinken and the State Department. Wow. Just slow clap that all the way through. Now, as we said a few stories ago, most of these spyware vendors come from Israel and Europe. Those are supposed to be our allies. I think the U.S. has representation at the Due Day Hacker for Hire conference in the U.K. <laughs> so are you, So is this just some sort of like we're doing something about this because of what? Why are we not focusing on our adversaries? We have Russia, China, Iran, and North Korea actively sabotaging our critical infrastructure, actively targeting government entities, actively sowing discord and misinformation. TikTok is still available in the United States and Europe as an app when we know it's a Chinese psyop. So, like, what's... Consider me dumbfounded at the fact that this is what our State Department is focused on. Who are we going to issue visas to come into the United States for? Uh, slow clap this one, y'all. Slow clap this one. Just go ahead. For their end, the Philippine lawmakers are demanding a briefing following a China-linked cyber attack on the Philippines. The government agencies in the Philippines announced this weekend that they had repelled cyber attacks from hackers suspected to be based in China, prompting lawmakers to get an urgent briefing on the national security. <laughs> How about that? How about that? Those are like, China tried to hack us? What did they try to hack? They tried to hack various addresses and government domains that were targeted, including those of the Philippine Coast Guard, Cabinet Secretary, Department of Justice, the National Coast Watch System, and DICT itself, which is the Department of Information and Communication Technology, and the private website of the Filipino of the Filipino uh, Filipino President uh, Fernandad Marcus Jr., um, spokesperson for the DICT, Renato uh, Pariso, told local media that the internet uh, addresses that the attackers used were located in China. They're using the services of state-owned telecom operator Unicom. They've stressed that identifying the services in the, tori, uh, the territory of the attacks that are originated from were not an attempt to formally blame Beijing. And again, the reason they're not formally blaming Beijing is because our foreign policy towards China is what you see, folks. It's what you see. And so the, the revelation of this is coming from China, the fact that there's demand from the elected officials in the house in the philippines saying we want to know what the heck's going on and the government kind of going like well wait a minute we don't want to go into a spat with china there's a lot of concern in the philippines about china's kind of territorial claims over the south china sea uh, them trying to access the coast guard actually matches the chinese mo of trying to get an idea of what's going on in the filipino coast guard as they try to infringe more and more on filipino waters so there's all of that. Now, the first time China tries to attack the Philippines, they've done so before. So uh, there's that as well. We'll finally get to a few vulnerabilities here uh, for your morning today. And the Vonta Connect Secure and Policy Server Side Forgery uh, vulnerability uh, side request 
server-side request forgery vulnerability tracked to CVE 2024-2189 or 3 is currently under max exploit mass exploitation by multiple attackers. So CESA last week on Wednesday ordered by Friday mid midnight, have all of your Avanti out of the federal system. This is a James Azar warning. If you have an Avanti device in your network, please replace it. Do yourself this favor and replace it. Yes, we definitely want to support companies. But at this point, the risk outweighs the benefit. Uh, the exploitation would allow attackers to bypass authentication and access restricted resources on vulnerable devices. That's version 9.x and 22.x. Threat monitoring service shadow servers now seen multiple attackers leveraging the SSRF bug with 170 distinct IP addresses attempting to exploit the flaw. The exploitation volume of the vulnerability is far greater than any other recently fixed or mitigated in Avanti flaws, indicating a clear shift in the attacker's focus. A proof of concept exploit by Rapid7 researchers on February 2nd has undoubtedly played a role in assisting these attacks. So Avanti is in a mess. I don't know how they're going to recover from this one. Um, we, we hope they do for the sake of, you know, the people who work for the company who are employed there. If something happens to the company, those people are going to find themselves out of a job. My guess is Avanti might be on their way for an acquisition. Just saying, putting that out there. Taiwanese-based QNAP systems have released patches for about two dozen vulnerabilities across its products, including two high-severity flaws leading to command executions. Those bugs are tracked to CVE 2023-45025 and 3902907. Both are described as an OS command injection flaw that impacts QTS versions 5.1.x and 4.5.x QTS hero versions H5.1.x and H4.5.x and QTS cloud versions 5.x. Uh, the first issue could be exploited by users to execute commands via the network under certain system configurations, that is. And the second bug requires authentication for successful exploitation. There's additional CVEs that have been patched and new patch versions. You can see all that in the show notes and so much more. So go check that out. That's it for our show this morning. We ran a little over. I do apologize, but the spyware story had me going, y'all. And you know, when I get into it, I get into it. Thanks so much for tuning in. Have a great rest of your day. And most importantly, stay cyber safe. We love feedback. So make sure to connect with us on social media and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform.